0: Hello everybody, welcome to series two of Show Us Your Kit, the football podcast where we're collecting stories about memorabilia uh, from all the 92 football league clubs, that's my aim for this season. The first series you can find on Spotify, Acast, iTunes, everywhere pretty much. Uh, most of those are Wolves fans if I'm honest, but we have got an Ipswich, uh, Ipswich fan uh, and a Chelsea fan, Leeds fan as well in that sp- so if you're interested in those, then go and listen back to them. I would definitely recommend. They were all... something in all of them that was very funny and uh, very enjoyable. This series, though, we're trying to branch out a little bit more. This episode, we're talking to Ben, who's a Cardiff fan, from the View from the Ninian podcast. Uh, we've also got a Fulham fan from the Fulham Focus podcast coming up, and then Jason Guy uh, from the Wolf Whistle podcast, so another Wolves one. And then hopefully we'll have a few more... Uh, people from different teams over the next couple of weeks and you'll be able to enjoy them. Uh, in the meantime, if you've got any stories from when you've met footballers or from any piece of memorabilia that you've been able to acquire over the years, then I want to hear them and they will get read out in this beginning section of the podcast. So that's show pod at gmail.com for any stories or any photographs or anything like that, you, that you've got to send in. Uh, and If I think that your story is really good or really interesting, perhaps I'll get in contact with you and uh, record your story for the podcast. But in the meantime, I hope you enjoy uh, series two of Shows Your Kits. If you haven't listened to series one, I'd recommend going back to listen to that as well. There's some really, really good stories in that first series. In the meantime, enjoy and share this podcast as well to some of your friends or enemies if you if you think that it's not very good, but hopefully you'll find something here that you enjoy. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Hello everybody, welcome back to Show Us Your Kit for Series 2. We're joined today uh, by Ben James from the View from the Ninian podcast. How are you doing, Ben? Yeah, all good, thank you. How are you? I'm all right, thank you, but uh, you've just come off the back of some playoff heartbreak as wolves fans we're well versed in that kind of feeling how are you uh how are you at this moment in terms of that
1: yeah all good really i think um you know i think back earlier in the season it didn't look like we were going to get anywhere near the playoffs and then obviously we had the the kind of harris came in and it has rallied us a little bit and i think um you know, despite despite going out in the, in the semi-finals and losing to Fulham, I, we we gave a good show of ourselves. I think, especially in the second game and the, and the second half of the second game, it it was there for the taking, really. And we just didn't get the chances over the line. And obviously, Fulham went on to win it. So you know, it's no it's no bad thing losing to the eventual winners. So more, it's given us more cause for optimism. I think going into next season. Um, if we'd wilted, then it would have been a lot worse. But we actually gave it a go. So there's not more you can ask for, really. And I suppose anybody but Swansea getting
0: promoted from the playoffs would have been a success for you wouldn't it
1: yeah I think I think that was my big worry really because obviously they put in a good show against Brentford in the first leg and there was that kind of brief moment where you think god if we get to the final and lose to them it's gonna you know you'll never hear the end of it so I'm glad they fell apart in the second leg and I'm glad that that we didn't have to go through with that I mean it almost happened a few years ago and it's just I was thinking this year, I don't think I would have been able to watch the game. I generally don't think I would have been able to watch the game on telly because it would have just been too stressful, like way too stressful to even enjoy a game of football. So um, I'm, I'm glad it didn't happen for that reason. And I'm also glad it didn't happen because then um, we can laugh at them again a little bit more.
0: <laughs> so just put it into perspective for us, because as a Wolves fan, obviously Albion are our biggest rivalry and we haven't had that for eight <laughs> years, which is the longest ever in the history of the Football League. But yeah, t- it's a long time. Yeah, you tended to have played uh, Swansea quite fairly regularly, so just talk us through that rivalry and what it means to you.
1: Yeah, I think uh, we went a few years like yourselves, where they were in League 1 and League 2, and we were in the Championship, and we didn't come across each other, but over the last few years, it's become a bit more regular. Um, it's, it's, a weird, it's a weird derby, really, because I think we're, we're smack bang in the middle of Bristol and Swansea, so we have a rivalry with Bristol and rivalry with Swansea, and I think there's an element of us, I mean, a lot of Cardiff fans would say they hate Bristol, and they, they don't mind Swansea, but they just don't want them to be a success. And I think um, what tends to happen is when we play them year on year, no team has ever done the double. So whoever wins that first leg is kind of on the up and you never want to be the team who's going to lose the second leg to to lose yeah. the double. Um, and I think it's, it's, it kind of comes from them a little bit, really. I think Swansea fans are, and Swansea is a city a bit, a bit bitter about Cardiff being the capital. And that kind mm. of comes up a little bit and it's, it's a bit of a kind of a, a, a big brother, little brother scenario. Um, and, you know, I think, I think, when it doesn't involve us I'm quite happy for Swansea to be successful when they're in the Premier League and having all those those glorious. it was nice to see a Welsh club doing really well but um, it should never be at our expense so now we're in the same position <laughs> again I I don't want them sitting ahead of us so um, that, that's what it's about really you know
0: yeah so let's just finish off this introduction by just summarising this season. So you said that Neil Harris kind of brought it back to life with when he was introduced. But yeah. Warnock has been a bit of a character on our podcast already. We've had a few. Uh, the documentary with him at Sheffield United has been mentioned a few times. Just, Did you like Warnock? Are you glad to see the back of him in the end? Because he did a very good job in hindsight at Cardiff, didn't he?
1: Yeah and I think I think so when Warnock came in I think we were a club kind of at a bit of a crossroads we'd had a, a few years of the red kit and um, various managers who hadn't done very well got back to the blue kit and we'd gone gone into that season under Paul Trollope and it just didn't work out and I think we just needed the manager to come in and sort it out and as, as a club we've always had our runnings with Warnock I don't think there's any football club out there that hasn't had a running <laughs> with Warnock he's that he's that kind of divisive character. Um, but he came in and he he just brought an energy to the place and got the fans on board really quickly. Signed some quality footballers and then and then took us up in his first full season. That you know that first full season when we had when we came up with you guys, um, mm. it was it was one of the best seasons we've had as a football fan. And then in the Premier League, we you know there's, it's very well documented what went on in the Premier League. There was you know we. <laughs> wranglings over strikers who you know tragically passed away and things like that and then we 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 missed out on staying up by the odd refereeing decision and Mm. and then he left and I think frankly he should have gone probably in the summer he he spent a lot of money last summer that on players that you know don't look very good people like Aidan Flint um and then Harris has come in and uh, though it didn't start very well under Harris he's he's turned us around I think we're we're becoming more of a football side you know no one needs to say under Warnock that it's a very direct very um, a t- you know, direct way of playing football we don't have much possession we don't recycle the ball very much we just get it forward as quickly as we can under Harris we're learning to recycle the ball a bit more we're actually outpassing teams and dominating possession in some games which is a rarity for a Cardiff side who you know are, are, are known to play hoofball so um, yeah optimistic under Harris he got us into the playoffs he got us some really good results beat Leeds beat Preston we beat Bristol when, we, when it really mattered and then we we just fell, fell away at the final hurdle so you know, I think I think going into next season with a with a whatever preseason the football clubs mm. are getting this year, Under Harris will be will be an exciting an exciting thing. So, put your neck on the line for me now. Where do you see next season ending up? I think we'll be in the playoffs. Um, I, I I just think you know I, I'm sure you're thinking the same thing as well. The leagues next year are going to be really weird. I think mm-hmm. there's there's not much money going to be flying around unless you're a big club. There's going to be players leaving clubs because they can't afford them anymore. And I think that the shortened pre-season, shortened transfer window and all that kind of stuff is just going to make for a really fascinating few months. So I think the fact that if we can take the momentum from this season into next year, keep the core of the squad together, then I'm confident that we can we can replicate the playoffs this year, maybe even higher, depending on what other clubs do. It's just it's such an unknown at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but
0: let's have a look at your first kit then, the one that we've come to see. the So your first Cardiff City shirt for us, please.
1: First Cardiff shirt? Let me just turn around and grab it. So it, it's from the Premier League year. It's um, our away shirt from that year. Um, okay. I've got a, a name name and number on the back, Victor Camarasa. Nice. Um Yeah, uh, you know, as, as a grown man, getting a name on the back of the shirt feels weird, but I had to for Victor.
0: So why is that shirt so, yeah, so uh, a, special?
1: I think it was just, um, we talked about it off air. I think it was the kind of, we were back in the Premier League. It felt like we'd arrived as a as a football club. And I think it was really enjoyable being in the Premier League and in blue. And I know it's the away kit, but it was like a proper, we had a proper Adidas uh, supplier with, you know, years before we had people like E Cosway who no one had ever heard of. So <laughs> it was an Adidas kit with the Premier League badges on the side. And I think, um, it was just a really enjoyable season you know I mentioned it at the, at the start that you know we ended up going down and it, there was there were lots of off-field stuff going on but on the whole the, the Premier League season was really enjoyable and we got to see players like Victor Camarasa playing for us who I think is probably you know he, he as, as a Spanish loanee he came in and he just he just got involved with the football club from the off we had he, he just got the football club he got the fans he got involved and he's probably one of the better footballers we, we we've seen at the club in years and I think um he scored, and um, so that, that shirt was worn when we beat Leicester. I think it was just after Christmas. I can't remember the exact day. And um, we beat them 1-0 with a, a 94th-minute goal. And, you know, you, you can find it on YouTube. It's mm. t- to score a goal like that at 94 minutes where he, he rolled it out from under his feet and curled it over Kasper Schmeichel into the far corner, it was just unbelievable. And I think yeah. um, that shirt kind of encapsulates all the good that happened in the Premier League year.
0: Yeah, was there any any other standout moments from that season apart from beating us at the Cardiff City Stadium, getting revenge for that uh, <laughs> the season before?
1: <laughs> yeah, that ridiculous game from the season before. Yeah, I mean there was there was lots of highlights in the Premier League. You know, I think we got relegated ultimately, but I think there was a lot to take from the season. I think we beating you. I mean, that Junior Hoylett goal again was oh. was ridiculous, wasn't it? The first time yeah. shot into the far corner. I think he couldn't do you know i i say he couldn't do that he has scored a few goals like that for us but like <laughs> to do it in such a pressure cooker environment because i remember the, the atmosphere at that game was particularly kind of um particularly raw because it was a friday night game in cardiff um the highlights i mean we like the less the Leicester game as i as i just said we we had a few really good home performances we beat west ham at home um and then the final day of the season i think we went to old trafford um and pretty mm. much stuffed them 2-0 which was um you know, I, uh, we'd already gone down at that point, and I think we, you know, we kind of accepted our fate. But I think to go to, to Old Trafford and beat Man United two 0 on on any day of the season is um, yeah. an incredible thing to do. And I think as a way to bow, bow out of the Premier League, we, we beat them two nil. We we, did, we looked comfortable when they had people like Pogba on the pitch, De Gea on the pitch, mm. and we had Nathaniel Mendez Lang and uh, Sean Morrison. You know, the the, the hardly household names. And it was it was just a nice way to see out the season. And I think as a Cardiff fan who's who's come through a lot of really bad times at the club in terms of being in, even down in like league two or, you know, the the old division three as it were and Mm. and getting dumped out of the playoffs in the old, Division two, Division three, to then beat Man United at Old Trafford on the final day of the season. It was kind of a, it was a sweet save, you know, sweet moment to savour. Yeah,
0: yeah, nice. Uh, I've got to ask your opinion on that uh, crazy game from 2018 <laughs> against Wolves at Easter time. Uh, I don't think I've ever spoken to a Cardiff fan about it, but I was in the away end on that game, and I've never seen. Uh, yeah, scenes yeah, like it. But then I also I imagine it was heartbreaking your end. Yeah
1: you guys quite close up until end points? Um, and I think th- that game in particular just crystallised how ridiculous the championship is. Um, obviously, you, you you know you went it was Ruben Neves who scored the free kick, um, yeah, yeah. and you know you had it was from the sublime to the ridiculous because Ruben Neves is probably one of the best players to have ever played in the championship, and he was scoring goals like that for fun. And then we what was it two penalties in the last three minutes, one that. The keeper saved one that um, Junior Hoyler hit, smacked off the bar. It was just, mm. you know, it ultimately it didn't really affect things at, at the end of the season because we got promoted in the end and, and everything was okay. But it was just, I remember being thinking at the time that it was just that the world was crashing down around us because we were pre- presented two guilted opportunities. You, you know, <laughs> you get one penalty in the 90th minute and you go this is our chance. And then to miss that penalty and get a second penalty in the <laughs> 93rd minute or whatever it was and also miss that, it was just like, it, it felt like at that point it was not going to be our year because we couldn't do the basic stuff. And, you know, Gary Medine took the first penalty and I don't know what he was doing taking that first penalty. I feel like if Hoylett had taken that first one, mm. he probably would have scored it. But instead, the, the pressure built up on the second one. And then obviously, what we saw at the final whistle with Neil Warnock telling telling your man to, <laughs> to, to, to do one in no, no uncertain terms. I mean, it was just... It was an amazing night, and I think, yeah, ultimately, it was disappointed that we lost to you guys. But I think it, it 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 didn't affect things in the long run. So, you know, it was it was quite fun. looking back. It was quite funny to be involved in such a stupid mm. game of football. <laughs> um, you know, it is it's what it is. But-
0: as as I've been doing these podcasts, most Wolves fans bring that up as being one of their all-time highlights of being
1: a Wolves fan. So, oh, really? it's, nice see, it's nice to see that <laughs> the other side of that. Um, well, like, but genuinely, you know, probably. I mean, like if, if if we could be part of if we, if we could be part of one of those moments for you guys, then by all means, it's it's quite nice to be on the other side of the foot in, in that sense. And I think other side of the coin, sorry, in that sense, and mm-hmm. I think. Like I said, it didn't ultimately impact us. Uh, at the time, it was like the world has ended, but we ultimately <laughs> got promoted with you guys. So it was, it was quite fun then to be able to have that almost like a mini derby next year when, it, when, it, yeah. when, we, when we met again.
0: Well, there's always been some kind of rivalry between Wolves and Cardiff, haven't there? I remember Cardiff fans being yeah. banned from travelling down and we've had to go in bubbles to Cardiff as well. But I don't, I don't yeah. feel any animosity towards the Cardiff fans. I don't know if it's reciprocated.
1: No, I, 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 the, the times I've met Wolves fans, I've got friends who are from Wolverhampton, I've got friends who are Wolves fans. I think we get along really well, kind of personally, but I think it was just, I think was it Jess Moxie who was your um, chairman? I think yeah. he was the one who had trouble with us because um, I remember the game that I think caused the banning or the, the, one of the games before that caused the banning. We came to um, Molyneux to, uh, to play you guys back in, I think it was 2004, 2005, and we won mm-hmm. 3-2. Um, graham Kavanaugh scored an incredible volley off a corner that he, he whipped across the goal and then i remember coming out of that game and there was trouble then and then i think the season after they closed the bar at half time and our fans you know as all football fans do love a drink and it all kicked off in the um concourse and then the game after that for whatever reason it was just decided that Cardiff fans weren't going to come and i remember yeah. that was the game that we beat you i think we beat you 1-0 with jason burn scoring um, it was silent his only goal for <laughs> yeah. cardiff Yes, <Yeah>, silence <laughs> And I, I do, I do know of a story. Apparently, there were some Cardiff fans who hired a helicopter and then no were flying overhead during the game. But I don't, I, I, can't, I can't, I can't vouch for that story's veracity. But I've heard that story from a number of different sources. That's the uh, that'll um, be the title of the podcast. Let me just write that down. Helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make it out of that. But no, I agree. I, you know, as 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 fans, I think we get on quite well. I think we're both quite, you know, we're quite similar in our terms of outlook. It's always been a bit dour for us, isn't it? As mm. football clubs mm. and. We enjoy enjoyed the successes a lot. And I think it's, 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 it's almost like a, a club. It was, it was almost like a rivalry crystallized in time. And I think it's just it's just bored over every now and again because of people like yeah. Neil Warnock. Yeah.
0: Right, so let's have a look at your next kit then. So a non-Cardiff
1: kit for us. Well, you said it could be anything, right? You said it could be a different sport and all that kind of yeah. stuff. So I've, yeah. gone, I've gone for uh, an ice hockey jersey um so it's a Boston College ice hockey jersey okay um yeah it's, it's quite niche I will I would admit that it's quite niche but um I think uh the story behind it is really is I went um I went visit my friend in America he lived out in America for a year um and I kind of went to see him for a few weeks and and during one of the weeks I, I I was like right I'm gonna go and see a bit of America that I haven't seen before so I got the bus up from New York and went up to Boston mm. um and I was going to Boston I was like maybe I can go see the Boston Bruins or you know one of the the, the kind of big NHL ice hockey teams that are in the area and then transpired I couldn't Uh, they weren't in playing at that point so I I had to find kind of alternative arrangements as it were and I I found out Boston College were playing Um, Mm -hmm. so you know it was kind of like an eye-opener for me because obviously over here we you know I went to university and played football for the university but not many people came to watch our games. Let me tell you that. And I think if you go to watch Boston College, there's six thousand people in the crowd. Um, oh, it's, wow. it's almost like professional level ice hockey, and it was just, it was just a fascinating thing to see. Really, I think I've I've always had a fascination for American things and uh, American culture, and being able to go and watch Boston College. And be, uh, you know, I felt very kind of like a fish out of water. I was just like I was traveling by myself at that point, so I was a, a lone British guy going to watch Boston College play Notre Dame in a, in an ice hockey match. That I don't think it really had any. Riding on it, but it was it was twenty dollars to go watch it. That jersey was seventy five dollars. I think she gave me a twenty five dollar discount because I was a British guy. Oh, um, <laughs> and, I, and I brought and I wear you know I wear I wear Got like nice sentiment feeling me.
0: Nice. Well, I've never seen any ice hockey in real life. Uh, is it like they show it in the movies? Is it just fighting? And scrapping.
1: Um, it's it's not it's not a, it's not a college level, but it, it it is at other levels. So um, I'm I it's probably my second favorite sport, ice hockey. So I have football, and then um, I go watch try and watch a bit of ice hockey because being from Cardiff, Cardiff actually has quite a good ice mm. hockey team, um, the Cardiff Devils. Um, but at, at college level, it's not. I think they I think fighting might be outlawed at college level, but it is it, it is as rough as as you might expect when you actually go watch it. The kind of, I, I'm always amazed because I think. You know, I watch footballers and I think, God, just you're, you're good at what you do. And then you go watch ice hockey players, and they're on ice skates that you know the thinnest blades possible. They're holding yeah. a hockey stick and they're playing on a, an arena that's only two hundred feet, two hundred feet long, and I think it's about fifty feet wide. So the, the skill level involved in ice hockey just blows on my mind. Yeah, I think. Um, Got to get a puck in the goal, and you can almost do anything you want to get it there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what that's what that's what the attraction is for me. Yeah. Okay.
0: Great. I, well, the only problem I have with most American sports, well, t- well, the problem I got with basketball is that there are too many points, and the points are worthless. Then once oh no, once you, when there's two hundred points in a game, I agree. And and it's dis- and it's decided by one point. Then that's that's too silly. That's too much for me. American football is too slow. There's too many stops and too many yeah. breaks, but I can appreciate the intricacy of the of the plays and stuff like that. That's fine. Ice hockey, I think, might be the way forward for me because it looks really quick, but the goals seem to actually be worth something because the you know they're really tight goals and the big goalkeepers in it. It seems to be yeah. a really skillful sport.
1: Yeah, and I think I think that's it for me. It's in, in a weird way, it's the, probably the closest to football you can get because games mm. do end generally, sort of two one, three one. Um, you know, there's 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 a lot of skill to it. It's it's tight, it's it's quite fast, and the, the, the game doesn't really let up. And I think that's the thing for me. It's I've been to see a few, I went to watch a few NHL games, and I think the most I score saw goals in one game was 4-2. Um, so that's kind of as as close to football scoring as you can get in that sense. Yeah. So I think that's yeah. where that's where the attraction is for me as well.
0: Perfect. Right, we're gonna move on to the next part of our uh program which is to show some photos we've had to adapt the format because videos kept getting blocked by uefa and fifa because they they didn't like it so um we've got a i've asked you for a photograph of yourself uh and then a photo a non-photograph of yourself but to do with sports so this is uh you apparently although we can't see you on on the picture but tell us the story behind this one yeah take my word for it
1: yeah yeah so this is um it's a charity football match. So it's, this might show the photos age years ago. I was um, involved in a a Carter city message board, you know, pre Twitter, if you will. Mm. um, and it was a charity match because we were just opening the new stadium so the new Cardiff City Stadium was obviously opened around 2010 um, and we wanted to build a statue to Fred Keenor who was the FA Cup winning captain from 1927 and this was kind of like the start of the fundraising event event. so Mm -hmm. it was the the Cardiff City message board which was the message board I was part of against the AAMB message board which is um, run by a fairly prominent Cardiff City fan Um, and this this is a photo from the game and you, you can't see me because at that point I'm absolutely slamming in a penalty <laughs> so you can see the ball's trajectory um, yeah. we, I can't remember what happened in the lead up to the penalty but um, it was like right we've got a penalty and I was just adamant that I was taking it I think I'm, I'm a centre half by trade but I think I've spent my years watching Darren Purse and, and watching him step up and take penalties <laughs> so I was like this is my moment to replicate him um, and yeah you, you can just see me at that point the ball's just left my foot and it, it was heading I, I hit it so well and, and there was a video of it and I can't for the life of me find the video to because I hit this penalty so hit uh, where the goal stanchion is the back of it it's right in that top corner and bounced out mm. and it was just when I ran forward to take the penalty I was like I've got this in me and it, it, it was perfect um, nice. and I think we we won the game in the end, CCMB, the Ricardo City message board won the game 4-2 um, <laughs> and I, I think I came away with the man of the match award so you know says says, says how determined I was that day to win the game brilliant so did you did you get
0: the statue built then or did you manage to raise enough money for that?
1: yeah yeah so I, I, don't, I don't know if any um Wolves fans would have seen it so um because obviously you guys get bust in don't you so you don't mm. necessarily have chance to walk around I do remember ground, seeing but, a um, statue it's on with the, the corner so
0: yeah I do I can vaguely remember it but I, for some reason I thought it was the manager
1: not the captain but no, he yeah, Fred Keener was our captain and I think it was um his his grandson or his great grandson, forgive me if I can't I can't remember his his actual age was involved in the fundraising efforts and he was actually there on the day watching the game and yeah we got we got enough money and I, I can't remember what other fundraising activities happened but this was there was about two or three football matches there was mm. raffles and, and all that kind of stuff on on this day it was obviously a very good day for me because obviously we had a raffle afterwards and um, I took away the top prize which was a, a Jay Bothroy signed shirt which probably isn't a top prize for for you lot but it is. <laughs>
0: He scored a goal to win us a game against the Albion, so he's uh, he's immortal with us as well. So
1: that's fine. <laughs> oh, he's golden with you guys. Yeah. Uh, right. I just want to get. Yeah, the I, next... we actually uh, just on the Jay Bothroyd note. Mm. Go on. As you said, we 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 had Jay Bothroyd on a pod, podcast recently, and he was um, slightly less than complimentary about Mick McCarthy at, your, at, at the time at the club. I think that it's uh, it's reciprocated as well. Mick McCarthy has said a few things about Jay Bothroyd in
0: the past that uh, <laughs> I don't think they were best of friends. But yeah, right. Let's have a look at your no, final like your final picture then, which is a classic photo. Uh, any any football fan from the seventies will know this picture, but also any super furry animals mm-hmm. fan will know this as well from their album yeah. cover uh so tell us about the man robin friday why he's so special and also why you've chosen this picture
1: yeah so i mean yeah you you, you said the story at the top it's it's one of the most the most fi- famous kind of iconic 70s football photos out there so um i think we were playing luton on this day and um, um my, as my, my dad was at the game which i'll get to shortly he he tells the story that him and the, the goalkeeper had just been getting at each other all game i think robin friday was um you know as the super furry animal said the man didn't give a whatever the proverbial (laughs) and um he was he was going at the goalie all day all game and uh, as i understand it he 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 took the ball from a free kick here and and ran at the goalie and just absolutely blasted it past him as he as he ran away he kind of obviously flicks in the v's and i just think it's you know robin friday was a, a, a player that my dad told me about all the time my dad was i think my dad was lucky enough to see most of the games he played in for cardiff especially at home um and i think um he's he's an icon in that sense I think he he, there's stories of him winding up Bobby Moore by grabbing his genitals when he played for Fulham against Cardiff there's stories of what's the referee Clive Thomas the 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 relatively famous Welsh referee from the World Cup and said that Mm. um he was better than Georgie Best and he he was just this he's he's almost mythical because he played he's so kind of intrinsically linked to Cardiff City history especially for me because of, of my dad telling me all about him but he only played something like 25 games for us. And he was, he was gone before he was—he'd really had a chance to really embed himself into a club. And I think that just says a lot about him as a person. He was obviously a bit ethereal, a bit kind of, you know, a bit of like a waif from a stray. He just kind of went where the wind took him. Um, and obviously, I, I chose this photo for, for, for that reason. But also because literally smack bang in the center of this photo is my mum and dad. So there, um, I mean, I don't know if you could. There's a, there's a way of zooming in, but there's a guy in the middle who's kind of wearing a leathery jacket with his arms above I his head and
0: clapping. See, um, I can see. I'll just see if I can. Uh, this, so yeah, this just, is a gentleman here.
1: Uh, just to, so, that if you if you scroll, I can't really see it. But yeah, that's my my mum and dad are there. So yeah, so um, the kind of with the white on it on the jacket, that's my dad, and then to the the left is my mum. Oh, well. To the right is well, Right as we look at it, and um, yeah, 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 it's just kind of it's it's kind of fun that th- this photo is obviously so iconic for for so many reasons, but it's also incredibly iconic for 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 me and my family because you know the whole reason I support Cardiff City and the whole reason I go and the the whole reason Robin Friday means a lot is because my mum and dad were there to see it kind of unfold and. Everywhere I go, like I've I've been drunk in bars, and this photo has been on the wall, and I've just yeah. gone over to it and gone, "Oh, it's my mum and dad," because it's just like, <laughs> it's it's they've got they got copies of it at home and uh, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's it's just like it's a it's a really cool family thing to say that yeah. you know my mum and dad are in that photo in the background. That's
0: that's a very very good story, but um, it's also a really tragic story as well. Robin Friday, I was reading about it yesterday when she sent the picture through, and just the, he died at 38 from a heart attack, which is. Yeah. Crazy. But the life that he led sort of you know, led itself to that drinking and drugs and stuff. And but from what I read as well, he was a very, very good footballer and I think I read the quote that he could have played for England had he have just, you know, settled down and played properly. I think there were um, I think it was Fulham perhaps or Brentford that he was trying were trying yes. to sign him once he left Cardiff, but he just could not he couldn't sort of maintain his engagement in the game and just I think that adds to the,
1: yeah, the nature of him. Oh, for sure, and I think you know there's you know that the the super Fairy animals wrote that song about him, and he's there was a, there's a book about him called the greatest footballer you never saw, and that's the, you know if anyone's gen- there's another book coming out now at the moment, um, but forgive me, I can't remember the name of it, um, it's by an author called Stuart Kane, um, but there's there's a couple of books about him, and he's he's well worth a read because I think as 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 much as he was this brilliant footballer, and it, it ended in quite a tragic way, I think there was. Um, you know, I think there's some quotes from him basically saying things like, "Well, I've lived," you know. People said, "You know, if you if you knuckle down, you can be a footballer." But he said, "Yeah, but I can live the, twice twice the life that you will lead," and and all that kind of stuff. So I think he was just this quite iconic renegade character, and I think you know Cardiff fans, and especially of that period, were were very lucky to see him. I think because there were times when he was at his kind of in his pomp with us where he was just incredible. And there's, there's not that much video footage of him. I think that's the, the really tragic thing as well. There's a few videos of him when he was at Reading and maybe one or two from Cardiff, but there's there's not a lot of footage out there of him, which again, I think probably adds to the, the mythos around him because he was just, mm. it feels like he was of a different time yeah yeah
0: awesome well uh he also did something i think quite a lot of footballers would like to do, to have done and that's kick mark Lawrence in the face uh but, <laughs> but
1: <laughs> yeah
0: that's brilliant <laughs> but, but let's uh let's move on to the final part of the show then so i've asked you to, to for a mystery piece of memorabilia we've had all sorts of things we've had ticket stubs we've had stories about people meeting brian clough and all sorts of what have you got for us today
1: well I, I, I there, was two, there was two there was two options really. And um there was, the one option was gonna be a shirt I wore um on football focus. Um oh. that, that really got up funnily Mark Lawrence's nose. But um what I've gone for at the end is a ticket stub. Um, and it's from the only game I've ever been to that was been abandoned. So um, I hold it to the camera. It was Haringey Borough versus Yeovil Town, <laughs> um, and it was a rel- it was a relatively recent game. Um, mm. It was so I I, as I I'm one of those weird Cardiff fans who I live in London, um, and you know I've, since I've been in London I've gotten into the kind of non-league football, um, and and Harringay are, are one of my nominated clubs. So go and watch mm. Haringey. It was quite a big, quite a big day for them. I think it was first round of the FA Cup. Uh, Yeovil Town were a big kind of um, you know, kind of a big draw. You know, yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? National leagues, so and not 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 quite mm. football league, but national league. And they came down, and I mean, the, the game got to about sixty minutes, and and Jovo got a penalty, and it, it that's that's when it all kicked off because there was um, a lot of allegations of racist race abuse from the uh, the opposing fans, um, and it it was just one of the I highlight it because I think it it came at a really weird time in in football as a whole because at that point Bulgaria had just. I just got into a lot of trouble for racially for mm. abusing um, English football fans obviously and English football players and and, and rightly so they were lambasted for it and I think this this came off the back of that and I remember being there on the day and it was it's one of the most surreal things that you can see really that you just don't expect it to happen mm. and I think that was the the thing that, that kind of came from it really we were at this game and something happened at the other end of the pitch you don't really see what's going on and then all of a sudden, the Haringey players are being dragged off the pitch. There's kind of a bit of chatter amongst the fans about what's going on, and I, I remember tweeting about it. And if you, if you look for the story now, my photo kind of got got in the press story, and it kind of went everywhere. I remember being in. So Haringey Borough is a very small ground. It's literally one stand and then a four G pitch with kind of fencing around it. Mm. And Ian Abraham's from uh, Talk Sport was there. I think the guys had literally hot footed it because I think Tottenham were playing at Wembley at that night. Guys from the FA had hot-footed it from Wembley to to the Harringay to kind of figure out what was going on. There was police there, and it was just, it was it was just a really surreal day. And I think it, it, it was it was it was really bizarre to see in real life that kind of because I think at that point, and I, I think it kind of was at the start of what what's gone on now at the moment. There's been a lot of highlighting of the the kind of disparity in the game, right? And I think I remember being at that game and thinking it, it felt like a bit of a watershed moment, really, that there was going to mm. be more to this than just kind of brushed under the rug and as far as I know the the investigation's still ongoing I think that the fans have been bailed but I think they're still looking to see what what actually happened because I think it was it was the Harringay goalkeeper who who I think he was um, spat at and they had stuff thrown at him and there were a few comments and things like that and it was just um it was a really surreal day and it was I just remember thinking that it, this shouldn't be happening in kind of you know English yeah. British Welsh British football basically
0: yeah yeah I well I remember that I didn't know the team when you showed me the ticket though, but I, I, as soon as as you started <laughs> talking I I realized oh yeah it's that it's that game from I mean when was it last sort of October November time the first round of the FA Cup yeah yeah so,
1: last October last October yeah very, it, yeah, it was very just, sp- I remember be a I remember being there and all of us you know, I go watch a lot of non-league football right and I go watch teams where, where no one gives no one cares that the, the game's going on there's 20 or 30 people in the crowd but I remember all of a sudden people were texting me going Are you at the game what's going on and it was kind of it, w- it was really bizarre that it, 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 it and especially in, it shows in this in this kind of world that how quickly news travels and, and all yeah. of a sudden Harringay Borough were this small football club who were plastered on on the front page of everything and, and, and all for the wrong reasons in the end of it really. Mm.
0: And you are right in saying that it was a a watershed moment because I think the England team had kind of been criticised the week before for not leaving the pitch. But they had followed UEFA's protocols and Harangay went... "We followed protocol, right? Yeah, we're not playing uh, anymore, which I I suppose we might start start seeing more teams doing once uh, crowds are back. Uh, Well, hopefully we don't have to see it at all, but if it is to happen, uh, (laughs) hopefully we see... uh, you know, players taking a, a bit
1: more of a stance. I think that was it. I think I remember. You know, as as, as much as the situation was horrible, I remember the feeling kind of proud. Really, that, that the Haringey team, the Haringey fans, the Haringey kind of officials had responded in the in the right way. I remember that you know they 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 left the pitch and and um, we we managed to speak to a few of them in the clubhouse after the game and they were really kind of dignified about the whole thing and said, mm. you know, we we just we just wanted to make a stand. And I, I just remember coming away from it and thinking that. You know, Haringey is—you know—it's in Tottenham, so it's in a a multi-diverse area. Mm It's—it's supported by quite liberal football fans, and I remember thinking that if it happened anywhere else, it could have been a slightly different kind of reaction to it. But I think I remember thinking at the time that it was—you know—it was a really, a really good reaction from the fans in the club, and it it showed that it won't be tolerated. And I think it was Mm -hmm. important. Brilliant. Well, very good to chat to Ben, uh,
0: and we'll just give everybody a little pointer as to where they can find you on different social medias and, uh, and the name of your blog again
1: yeah yeah so yeah it, we're, we're, we're view from the Ninian um, you can find us on Twitter at VFT VFT Ninian so view from the Ninian in, in, in um, you know kind of I don't know what the word is but you know spelt out um, <laughs> and then you can find our podcast on on all the places you find your podcast um, and if you want some free beer go to beer52.com VFTN so please <laughs> Love that. Uh, right, and, and you can get in touch with this podcast as well at
0: showusyourkitpod at gmail.com. If you've got any stories about any club, we're uh, more than welcome to read them out and talk to you. Uh, but thanks again, Ben. It's been lovely chatting to you, and uh, all the best for Cardiff for the for next season, whenever that might be. And hopefully, we'll be playing each other again in <laughs> the in the Premier League very, very soon.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on, and uh, good luck in uh, was it the Europa League tonight? So good luck in that. Yeah,
0: yeah, I can't believe I forgot about that, but <laughs> never mind. Uh, thank you, very- <laughs> thank you, everybody for watching or listening. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe and rate it on Spotify and iTunes and everything. we'll see you again next week. Bye bye.